Hey, hit the modifiers. Don't forget to follow at Pod and check out our Patreon. Stick around through the end of the episode for more information. Enjoy! Insourceled, a low-key, hate-free, HP, D&D podcast. There is no room for hate here, only education and helping one another. Hogwarts will always, always be here to welcome you home. Last time on Insourceled, the girls are in study mode for exams while also looking into familial history and neuroscience. Celeste dives in, looking to find out more about her parents' families, not having heard much about them before. Imogen continues her obsession with magic and how it affects the brain. She's desperately trying to come up with some kind of way to cure those who have been affected by the Obliterate spell. It's clear, however, that she has gone overboard and it's affecting her sleep habits. It comes time for exams. They're pretty typical exams, as always, until the spellcasting test. The boys were late to the exam until the girls discovered they weren't late at all, but missing. The professors hit them somewhere within hogweed and the exam was to retrieve the boys while evading obstacles and professors with ill intent. They managed to accomplish this daunting task, earning great scores on their exam. They end the semester on the bittersweet note, knowing they were surrounded by a strong support system who wanted them to succeed but also aware that something dark and sinister was occurring outside the castle walls. And with one semester down and Christmas break upon us, let's begin. The first semester of second year has come to an end, ushering in an exciting time for all students across the world, winter break. For Louisa, the break this year was going to be extra special. Her mama and daddy have been planning to celebrate Christmas in Louisa's hometown of New Orleans with all of the extended family on her mom's side. Dorothea has been excitingly preparing for their trip home since before Lou's return from Hogweed, with now trying to be as helpful as he can, which, more often than not, was simply just staying out of Dorothea's way. Christmas was approaching quickly, around the corner really, when you all began your journey. This trip was very expensive, so your parents made it clear that it wasn't something they could do every year. After an eight-hour flight to Chicago, where you had a six-hour layover, followed by a two-and-a-half-hour flight directly to New Orleans, you finally arrived back to the city you grew up in. It's Christmas Eve, and it is quite late. You're staying with one of your mama's sisters, Aunt Odessa, her husband, your uncle Josiah, and your cousins Maggie and Kristoff. Your mama has two other sisters. One has five kids, and the other strongly follows the vodka aunt stereotype. So Aunt Odessa was the best option for your Christmas day as far as your mama was concerned. You arrived just in time, late in the night Christmas Eve. Between the long day of traveling and the jet lag, you're absolutely exhausted. But still, your sweet Aunt Odessa is waiting up for you to make sure and give you a hug and welcome you into her home. Odessa lives in Broadmoor, a very family-friendly part of New Orleans that seems to be a smidge tamer than the more lively parts. Her home is welcoming and familiar, decorated beautifully with lights and a full Christmas tree in the front window. Your parents will be sleeping in their office slash guest room for the duration of the stay, but you will have to share Maggie's room. As you come in, Aunt Odessa ushers you in with hushed tones, grabbing your suitcases and wrapping each of you in a tight hug, pulling you in and squeezing the breath out of you. As she grasps onto you, you hear her whisper, oh, look at you, how you've grown since you moved away. Honey, I am so glad to hold you again. Me too. Uh, She says, now Maggie's already asleep, or at least she should be, but we've got a cot set up in her room all ready for you. You can head on up there. You climb to the second floor and immediately spot the door with the pink magpie sign on the front. Inside, you see the room looks almost the exact same as you remember, covered in pink and stuffed animals. 
The biggest difference was the size of the slowly moving lump underneath the fuchsia comforter. Instead of the tiny seven-year-old, Maggie was nine years old now, but she still curled up the same. There was a cot set up, like Aunt Odessa said, with plenty of blankets and pillows, and in the center was a floppy-looking stuffed bunny with fluffy white ears and lopsided eyes. This was likely Maggie's contribution. You tuck into bed, feeling the wave of sleepiness wash over you, and you're lulled to sleep by the familiar sound of someone else's peaceful breaths nearby, almost like you were back at Hogweed. That night, you have a dream. It's an unusual dream, one that doesn't make much sense. By the glow of moonlight, you see four figures before you. At first glance, it might look like a small family of four. Two children stand hand in hand looking at you, with what you would assume to be parental figures standing behind them. You feel a cool wave wash over your feet, and looking down, you seem to be standing on some kind of body of water. You look back up, and the two children are closer to you now. The older figures remain where they were, watching from a distance. But with one hand clasped to one another, they reach out their hands to you. One dressed in a pure white dress, contrasting greatly with her dark skin, her hair braided down her shoulders. The other is dressed in black, his large eyes blinking at you with expectation. You feel a breeze dust your cheek, and in the blink of an eye, they're all gone. The only thing remaining is the moon beaming onto your face, and in another blink, you awaken the next morning to your cousin Maggie shaking your cot. Um, you open your eyes and you see this jubilant little face smiling at you. She says, Lou, 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 wake up. Papa Noel was here. Uh, I'm awake. Um, she, uh, she grabs onto your wrist, shaking it. She goes, come on, we got to go downstairs. Okay. I guess I go downstairs with her. Yeah. Um, exiting Maggie's bedroom, you see a sleepy-eyed Kristoff rubbing his eyes. Uh, he, he's six now, and it takes him an extra moment to process the news of Christmas morning. Um, he then takes off, pushing past Maggie, uh, all signs of sleepiness drained from him. Um, and together they scramble down the stairs like a pair of puppies, nearly tripping into your Aunt Helene, who was leading her duckling trail of five children into the house, each carrying a package or dish of some sort. They happen to be in order from oldest to youngest. You scan over them, recognizing them one by one, each two years older than you remember them. You see 10-year-old Charlotte, 8-year-old Leroy, 6-year-old Henrietta, 4-year-old Pascal, and being carried in by your Uncle Adolfo is nearly 2-year-old Seraphine, who you've never officially met. The downstairs was in mad chaos in the blink of an eye as everyone was arriving in speedy succession. There were squeals and hugs being passed from sister to sister as Odessa, Helene, and Dorothea clasped onto one another. The husband shook hands, a friendly camaraderie between them. And as the kids finished setting down the dishes on Odessa's kitchen counter, there was a slam of the doors that flew open, and a figure in the doorway threw her hands in a gesture of announcement and proclaims, Rosaline is here! Now let's get this Christmas started! Aunt Rosaline is without question the favorite aunt she gives the best presents sneaks the best treats when your parents aren't looking and always knows exactly when you need some time away from your parents and a day with auntie rosaline there's a clamoring of all eight of your cousins as she finishes kissing and loving on all of them and she spots you lou with a supersonic squeal burst from her oh my lou bell look at you baby practically a grown woman oh it's been too long 
Um, Helene, Odessa, and Dorothea roll their eyes at the dramatic entrance, but go to hug their baby sister regardless. The final guests arrive, your grandma and grandpa Josephine and Henri. Your grandfather begins unloading the mountain of packages in his arms underneath the tree, and your grandma tears up at the scene of her family all together again, though the kids were yelling and causing chaos. It's a packed Christmas for sure, everyone crammed together in the living room. The morning starts as a normal New Orleans Christmas. The kids, which still includes you, tear into their gifts in a fury of shouting and excitement. You have six packages addressed to you. One from Grandma and Papa, one from Aunt Odessa and Uncle Josiah, one from Aunt Helene and Uncle Adolfo, one from Aunt Rosaline, and then one from Mama and Daddy. And of course, one from Santa, or as he's referred to in New Orleans, Papa Noel. So um, which do you want to open first? Um, I'll go with like an aunt and uncle gift. I'll, I guess I'll do those first. Okay. Uh, aunt Odessa and Uncle Josiah? Sure, yeah, sounds good. All right. Uh, the gift from Aunt Odessa and Uncle Josiah is a smaller box wrapped in a shiny green wrapping paper with an aesthetically pleasing red bow tied around it. You open the box to find a metal tin with the name Lou carved onto the top. And as you pull open the top, a small flurry of powder comes with the lid, landing your nose and tickling it. Your Aunt Odessa says, I heard the Irish food is just awful. They don't use seasoning over there, so I figured I'd make you a batch of my Cajun seasoning for you to take with you so you can have some flavor. Thank you. I'm, I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> uh, do you want to move on to Aunt Helene and Uncle Adolfo's gift? Yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Aunt Helene and Uncle Adolfo have provided a small parcel for you wrapped in a wrapping paper that was covered in cartoon reindeers. As you pull back the paper, you see through the clear plastic box, it's a nail polish set with every color of the rainbow and a few cute neutrals. It also had some instructions on how to do simple nail art with a couple of specialty brushes. Um, Aunt Helene shrugs and says, seems like something you'd like. It is. Thank you. I'm going to love it. All right. So we have uh, Grandma and Papa. Uh, Aunt Rosaline, Mom and Daddy, and Santa left. I'll, I'll do Aunt Rosaline. All right. With so your Aunt Rosaline has the biggest box for you. The wrapping paper is gold and it leaves sparkles everywhere. You can tell Aunt Odessa is glaring at Rosaline as you open it, poofs of glitter falling into the carpet with every micro movement. Upon opening it, you see it's filled with all of the makeup essentials. Um, and she says, Lubel, I'm going to teach you how to do makeup and make you feel as confident and beautiful as you are. Thank you. I don't, I think I'm pretty confident, but this should be fun and I'm excited to learn makeup. All right. So we got grandma, uh, grandma and papa, mom and daddy, and then Santa. Um, let's do them in that order. All right. So from your grandparents comes a box that's a little flatter, long, but narrow. Beyond the blue paper with white snowflakes lies a bright marigold scarf. It's the type of scarf that's long and a bit wide, so it has a nice surface area of coverage, but it's not stiff or itchy. It's soft and cozy. It's expertly hand-knitted by your grandmother very clearly, but the quality is clear. She's always been great at hand-knitting things. She said, I asked your mama what your favorite color was this year. I know it's cold across the pond, so I made sure to knit you a scarf that would be extra warm. Thank you, it's beautiful. Um, from your mom and daddy, your parents' package is the smallest of all. It's about two inches at each dimension. You pull off the matte green paper and silver ribbon to find a necklace. A shining gold spark flashes your eye as it reflects off the lights on the Christmas tree, and you see that the pendant is the name Lou, scrawled in cursive. Oh, it's perfect. Thanks, mom and dad. Your mama gives you a little kiss Love on the it. head. And finally, mm-hmm. 
The box from Santa is medium-sized. When shaking it, as one should with all their presents, it sounds like there's something smaller inside. The wrapping paper is a shiny silver and very unlike all the other wrapping paper around the tree. Pulling the lid off the box, inside is a Polaroid camera. It's very cute, a light yellow and not too bulky, and there are several boxes of Polaroid photo paper in there for you. I guess I don't know who to thank for this one, but I'll just say <laughs> I love it. That's gonna be so fun. So uh, the rest of Christmas morning consists of all the usual suspects. A hearty breakfast consisting of your grandma's cinnamon rolls, your father and uncles discussing the Saints' chance of going to the Super Bowl again this year, seeing as they won last year, and your mama catching up with Helene and Odessa. Rosaline, however, decided to steal your attention and begin giving you a lesson on how to properly apply makeup. Um, and she says, what do you say, Lou? Shall we beautify? I think we shall. Your younger cousins are focused on their brand new toys, many of which have some bold and repetitive sounds. Uh, Rosaline leads you to the staircase and sits you down, beginning to ruffle through the box. It appears as if she's struggling to find something, and she says, oh shoot, looks like I forgot to put something in here. She glances around the staircase banister and then snaps her finger, a makeup brush appearing between her fingers, and she kind of waves it in front of you. Did you forget that on purpose? <laughs> and she says, you know, I just might have. And she leans forward and she says, now, I know I'm not supposed to know, but I know. Um, How do and, you know? Well, I kind of got the hint when um, you you all moved to Ireland and all of a sudden they decided to put you in a fancy private school out of nowhere. I It's fair. Your parents don't know about me. Um, none of my sisters know. They all were too old when I started showing signs of my magic and um, just didn't want to make things complicated, so we didn't tell them. Now, your, your grandma and papa don't know about you. Not sure why, because your parents still don't know. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. We'll figure it out at some point. But sounds like it. Um, I I went to school down here um, for a while. They <laughs> that was the um, the school that I went to when I was a child was one of the American sorcery schools. But now that you're back, I just wanted to let you know that there's someone else in your family who gets it. That's so cool. Uh, I'm I'm happy that it's not just me, and I guess this kind of explains things. <laughs> I think there was someone further in our line, maybe someone who, who married a, um, a normie who, um, you know, the magic kind of dwindled out, but it comes through here and there. Um, and I think it just came through for us. It must be. That's so cool. You know, I kind of suspected when you were younger, you always did weird stuff as a kid, especially when I take you down to that little shop in the French Quarter. And that, that camera from Santa ain't a regular camera. That's a sorcerer camera. Those pictures that you'll take, they'll move. Oh, so cool. My friends are gonna love that. Oh, I bet. I can't I can't wait to hear all about your friends and your time. You you go to, to Hogweed, right? I do. Mm-hmm. I figured. Um, how about you and I spend some time together tomorrow and I can show you a different side of New Orleans? I would love that. So, yeah, your one of your aunts is a sorcerer like you. Very, very interesting uh, secret within the family. Essentially, 
Roseline is is quite a bit younger than her sisters. So your mom, your Aunt Helene, and your Aunt Odessa um, were grown by the time that uh, she started showing um, signs of magic. And then, of course, someone visited and told your your grandma and papa, this kid's magic. Let's get her into magic school. Um, and then she went off and did that and never, never explained to her sisters. Now, when you started showing signs of magic, you know, and you were told at that point you were already in Ireland so your family weren't weren't around um, your grandma and your papa and your aunts for them to know so they just don't know about your magic so it's just kind of like there's there's a couple people who still don't know magic exists at all some people think just Aunt Rosaline has it some people think just you have it so that's a fun family dynamic the rest of Christmas Day passes peacefully, the kids wearing themselves down and collapsing into sleep. Aunt Odessa and Aunt Helene tag team cooking Christmas dinner with your mama, producing an absolutely stunning southern Christmas feast. There's all the usual suspects with a mess of fixins. Naturally, the turkey is massive and gloriously golden brown, and it sits next to a sugared ham. Side dishes galore cover the table, including stuffing and dressing. Yes, they are two different things. Butter and mashed potatoes, sweet potato casserole, collard greens, deviled eggs, green bean casserole covered with crispy French fried onions, corn succotash, baked mac and cheese, fresh baked rolls, jellied and fresh cranberry sauce, and a salad that nobody touches. For dessert, you have pies of pumpkin and pecan, cobblers of apple and peach, and pudding of banana. It's safe to say you're more stuffed than that turkey was. Hogweed food is delicious, but it's nothing like the home cooking from your family. The evening begins to wean, and before you know it, everybody is beginning a good, old-fashioned southern goodbye, which consists of rounds, ten conversations, and at least thirty goodbyes from each person. At the end of the night, Maggie and Kristoff are carried to bed by Uncle Josiah, Aunt Odessa and your mama finish cleaning up the kitchen with the help of your daddy, and Aunt Rosaline passes out on the couch as she has definitely had a few glasses of wine too many. Is there anything you want to do or anyone you want to interact with before you go to bed? Probably not, just, you know, it's a nice full Christmas day, so I'm probably tired. Absolutely. Um, You know, Christmas days, especially ones with with big families, can be quite exhausting. So you head to bed, falling into the feast coma that surrounds you and feelings of warmth and comfiness from the fullness of your belly. And as you fall into a deeper and darker sleep, you dream again. This time... The two children begin by playing in the water around you. The moon is lower on the horizon, almost parallel with you as if it were crouching down next to Earth and looking you in the eye. It was larger than the moon ever should be. In front of it stand the two older figures, one feminine and the other masculine. They blink at you, expressionless but watching. Simultaneously, they reach out their right feet to take a step towards you, and just as their feet are about to land, your eyes flutter open to the sunlight warming your cheek. So as you wake, the smell of crisping bacon wafts through the crack underneath Maggie's door, making its way into your consciousness. Maggie was already up and gone, probably downstairs to take advantage of whatever yummy breakfast was being made. Uh, do you head downstairs? Yeah. All right. As you descend the staircase, you see uh, Aunt Odessa and Uncle Josiah enjoying cups of coffee at the small kitchen table. Your mama has taken over the kitchen and was slipping pancakes impressively in the pan. 
Your father is playing with Kristoff, who received a very amazing superhero Lego set from Aunt Rosaline. Speak of the devil, Rosaline exits the downstairs bathroom, hair pulled up into a curly poof on the crown of her head, makeup pristine as usual. It was in the 50s, so despite it feeling pretty nice to you, Louisa, being way more used to the Scottish weather, uh, she wore a thicker sweater and a pair of jeans with comfortably warm combat boots. Uh, Rosaline announced to the rest of the house, All right, y'all, sorry to ruin any plans, but I'm claiming loot today. We're going shopping in the French Quarter. Um, and before anyone else can respond, there was a knock at the door, and you hear your Aunt Odessa say, uh, Lou, baby, can you get that? Of course! No, I'll go open the door. So, uh, you go to the door and pull it open, and a familiar face, uh, greets you. We have our first official guest on Insorcelled. Um, it is the remarkable Yordi Rosso, uh, playing Kenny, Louisa's childhood best friend. So essentially what's been happening for you is that it's the day after Christmas um, and you live next door to Lou's Aunt Helene, who uh, has five kids who you're very familiar with all your neighbors and all that. Um, and, you know, she happened to mention to you, hey, Lou is uh, Lou's in town for Christmas um, and she's staying at her Aunt Odessa's. Um, so, you know, you figured it's the day after Christmas. What's she going to be doing? Go see your best friend you haven't seen in like two years and and so that's kind of where we are is is lou just opened the door um of course yeah absolutely so what do you do um i mean i guess you kind of said it i i go over i knock like the polite little boy i am um i'm uh, how, how old are you we're 13 you're tw uh what? 12 or 13 depends on when your birthday is yeah yeah you know uh, uh yeah kenny's Ken, Ken polite uh and I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna knock twice and uh, patiently wait. Um, can you can you just give like me... a like a brief little description of what Kenny looks like? Oh, of course, Kenny is uh, this cute little brown boy. Um, he is a first generation Dominican. Um, very like light caramel skin. Um, curly curly C4 hair. Uh, he is. What did we say? We said he was like 4'11". Yeah, I um, think so. Yeah, Got yeah, that. we said he's 4'11". Uh, he dresses in a lot of like sweater vests. Today, it's a it's a holiday, so it's a festive one. It's red with uh, green trim, and it has um, reindeer pulling Santa on his sleigh across it um, with, a match with a matching um, red and green striped tie. Oh my heart. So, Lou, you open the door, you see the one, the only, Kenny, who you haven't seen in a while, but, you know, you've been speaking back and forth through letters. What do you do? Hi, Louisa. Kenny, what are you doing here? Well, it's it's Christmas, and I, I heard you were back from that fancy school of yours. I wanted to catch up. Well, you caught me. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. Are you gonna Are you gonna invite me in, or do Do you want to go for a walk and catch up that way? You can come in. You should see the family, right? Sure, I'd love that. And I go. I I walk in. Um. So so Kenny, as you enter, um, you see, um, Lou's aunt Helene isn't there. She's you know at home with the kids and the husband. Um. Uh, but you see, I was, I was hoping to catch her. I know, right? Um. You you see, Lou's uh, mom and daddy are there. Um. Lou's mom is cooking up a storm. Uh, Lou's, Lou's dad is uh, 
is playing with one of her cousins. Um, and then Lou's Aunt Odessa and Uncle Josiah are at the table. You've met them like once or twice before, um, eating breakfast. And then behind Louisa, um, you spot someone who is quite familiar to you. Um, you spot Professor Rosaline Landry smiling at you in pleasant surprise. And with a very interesting tone, she says, Oh, you must be Kenneth. Louisa has told me so much about you. Okay, um, everybody, actually, we're going to head out. Um, Bye-bye, see you later. And she shepherds you both outside. And and Kenny has no tact. He's like, hi, Professor. (laughs) He's like, "Ah, that's a cute, that's a cute nickname. Um, And she like shepherds you outside, closing the door tightly behind her. Where Um, are we going? (laughs) So she- As he's being um, pushed, just, just- (laughs) We going outside? We going for a what's happening? Yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna go for a, a, a quick walk so I can uh, get to know you better. Um, All right, nice seeing everyone. And they're like, "Bye, Kenny." Um, so Professor Landry is your conjuration teacher, having taught you for a year and a half at Flemeth Institute of Sorcery, um, which go just- fire teens. <laughs> go fire teens. Uh, just so everyone knows, uh, is in Yeehaw Junction, Florida. Um, she is a professor of the fire teen house, having affinity with the element of fire and a fiery personality to match. Uh, she stares at you with an expression filled with surprise and confusion. And she says, I stare at her back with an expression of happiness and utter, utter blankness. Just, 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 just like a joyful face. And like, there's nothing going on behind the eyes. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) She uh, she kind of like bends down to your level a little bit and she says, Kenneth, what are you doing here? Professor, I live right next door. And you know Lou? Of course, that's Louisa O'Brien. She was my best friend go- growing up. Okay. Did you know each other were sorcerers? No. She's a sorcerer? Louisa, what? you're a sorcerer? You What? You are? M- maybe a little too loud. Um... Neighbors are walking around. <laughs> you didn't tell me you could do magic. You didn't tell me you could do magic. What? This is crazy. And yeah. I, I, I do, I do, I do a trick. I do, I do. Hold on, I need to pull up this this list of spells. Oh my god, are you? <sighs> You're not allowed to do magic outside of school. Lou oh, would I, say if she sees him pull out a wand. I do pull. I do pull out a wand. Um, Put that oh. away, boy. You're not supposed to do magic outside of school. Oh, I'm sorry. I just got all excited. I mean, I really unless wa- the rules are different here. They're not different here. You are not They're supposed not to do magic <laughs> outside of school. Technically, I'm not allowed to have a wand, I don't think, outside of school. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I just I just wanted to impress you. I'm sorry, Louisa. I didn't mean to offend. Uh, no, of course you didn't offend me. I just want you to stay safe and not break the law. Oh my goodness. Um, All right. Well, we can't cast spells, but do you want to take a ride on my broom? No, yes. no. We we are in a normie neighborhood. Hold on. But I'll, I'll go high very above the clouds. Like, they won't see anything. Rosalind is very much used to to Kenny's, as she calls with the other professors, Kenny's shit, um, in which... Uh, He's just absolutely lovely, but often needs some direction. Um, so she says, okay, okay, okay. Um, so, Kenny, Lou and I are normborn. 
so none of those people in there know that we do magic. Well, I mean, so, it's complicated. None of them? Not even her parents? Penny, well, Penny are you not Normborn? No, Louisa. My, fa- my family is all sorcerers. You want to come see? Yes. <laughs> I, I, gra- I grab her hand and I run next door to the house. Oh my god. Um, y- you burst into your home. Um, your your mom is is cooking currently. Um, she's planning a, a nice big dinner, and your dad is uh he's working on some work stuff. Working on work stuff, love it. <laughs> uh, I I say I say see your mommy, see your papi, and I'm and and then the rest we're gonna do English because you know uh, I can't anyway. speak Spanish. <laughs> no, of course I don't want to put that on you. Anyway, um, um, mom, mom, did you know Luis is a wizard? Uh, um, a sorcerer? <laughs> Do you know Luisa's a sorcerer? Sorry, copyright. Uh, yeah, uh, wizard, wizard is a copyright term, correct? All of wizards are copyrighted, that's it. Um, your mom turns over her shoulder and she's like, I kind of figured. You figured? How? Well, you know, there were a couple times when you were over here when, um, things would happen without you being next to them. So I just kind of got the hint at some point. Um, but, you know, didn't want to say anything just in case I was wrong. Seems like everyone knew but me. I, well, Louisa, Louisa, if it helps, I didn't know. I didn't know either about it. You? Crazy. Ma- uh, Mama, is it okay if I take Louisa up to my room and show her my wizard stuff? Sure. Did you leave Aunt Rosaline just, like, on the porch? I, K- Kenny did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, if, if, she, if she's an adult, she can, like, rush. I'm sure she can run faster than my little 12-year-old legs can. I feel but, like uh, Lou, Lou probably would have, like, looked to her. She wouldn't have, like, just left her, you know? Yeah, Rosalind probably with, like, much less speed because she's she's not going to run in the shoes that she's wearing. Um, to come on over to the house and, and let herself in and be like, Hello, I'm one of Kenny's professors. Related to the and family my next aunt. door, Lou's aunt. Hello, um, you know. Of course, there's the mutual greetings. But um, your, your mom's like, of course you can go. You can, sh- you can go show Lou upstairs if you like. All right. And I run upstairs. I'll follow. I, 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 so, I, 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 skipping skipping steps, just like just like taking them two at a time three at a time if I can do it. Um, what, what kind of, what kind of stuff you got in, uh, in your room? Well, I always got my wand on me. I got my broomstick. I assume I have a trunk full of school stuff, um, including my uniform, my school uniform. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's all, that's all I got right now. Yeah. So, so pretty much, you know, you've got, you, you may not even have unpacked from, from coming home from Flemeth. Um, or perhaps you had, but uh, yeah, you've got a ton of uh, of sorcerer books, all of them different from the ones that you've seen, Louisa, as Hogweed and Flemeth do have a, quite a different curriculum. Um, you know, of course, the essentials are taught everywhere, but um, magic schools, especially the ones in, in very different regions, tend to have a different kind of focus or, or specialties, and specifically Flemeth focuses on elemental magic. Um and all of the houses are sorted by uh, elements and and kind of like personality um, based on that. Uh, I, I imagine I imagine like as soon as I got sorted and stuff after because we're second years, right? Yeah, you're you're in the middle of your second year. Yeah, so like you know, I, I came back from the summer after my first year or even winter break, and like I painted it with the fire team colors, um, mm. 
and like I got posters up of like some of my favorite um, Broom Zoom teams. Um, there, uh, there is a fantastic poster of my absolute favorite chaser. Um, I forget her non-copyright name. Jenny Porter. <laughs> Jenny Porter, just right there, up in like like big big poster up on the main wall above my bed. I know her. You know her? Yeah, we went to Christmas at her house last year. You, Kenny, Kenny, like, Kenny, like, collapses. He, like, falls kind of like a dog. I, you know, like how, how a dog is, like, goes from standing to sitting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he does that just, like, right on the floor. Um, well, yeah, I uh, actually played a, a game of brooms in with her. I uh, was on Henry's team and I stole the squashel from her. You met Jenny Porter and Henry Porter? What? Yeah, they're- You took uh, a squash from her? How? You gotta show me. Do I have a spare broom? Does my mom have a broom? Um, Do you have you... your broom? Jen, Louisa, did you bring your broom? No, we couldn't bring it all the way from Ireland. My, 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 one of my best friends is um, Henry's god sister, but don't, but don't tell people that. It's kind of secret. Oh, uh, okay. You know, you know that Cepheus from the uh, history books. Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's her dad, apparently. Oh. Isn't that crazy? She didn't know that. Crazy? What? That's insane. Yeah, oh I've my been God. trying to gossip with somebody. Nobody at school really likes to gossip. I I like to go. Well, I like to listen. I don't really. People don't really tell me things. Well, I'm telling you things. You don't tell anyone, Kenny. You hear? Thanks, Louisa. I appreciate it. I'm gonna take it to my grave, and I and I do the and I do the do the zip the zip mouth shut thing that kids do. Oh my god. That kids and no adults <laughs> anywhere do. Um. Anyway, uh, let's go for let's go for a ride, and I grab my broom. Um. Yeah, you can grab your broom uh, and head broom downstairs. Broom in one hand, broom in one hand, Luis's hand in the other, dragging her with me. Um, as as you get downstairs, um, there's an interception of both uh, Professor Landry and your mom going, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, we are in a neighborhood full of normies. Do you really think that flying on a broom in front of normies is a good idea? And maybe we should wait till it's nighttime and dark outside. Well, well, Mama, Professor, I ain't never gonna lie to you. I did think it was a good idea. <laughs> Louise is here. We're celebrating. She's never in town anymore. All right, all right. How about this? Uh, you know, maybe nighttime, and maybe if you convince your father to cast a couple charms to make sure nobody sees, then we can make it happen. Yes! And enthusiastically dances around, jumping, arms pumping into the air. Um, and, and I'm gonna run I'm gonna run to my father's study and ask him if he can put charms all up around later tonight. Um, he, he looks up from uh, the, the book that he's currently uh, reading um, that has to do with his work. Um, he, he, he nods and he goes, uh, yeah, sure. You know, after dinner, once it's a, a bit darker, uh, we can definitely we can make that happen. Um, Dad, you're the best, and I give him a big old hug. Um, he he pats you on the back of the head, and he's like, "All right, now go. I gotta get through this chapter." 
All right. Rosaline uh, is having a nice conversation with uh, your mom about what you're like in school and what a pleasure you are to have in class and all of that nonsense. Uh, and then she says, you know, actually, I was I was planning on showing uh, Lou uh, Pelusashad because she's she's never seen it. She's only been to the, you know, the the Sorcerer Street down in, in like London. Um, and I thought she'd have a fun time there. Uh, maybe Kenny could uh, tag along if he wants. Can I, mom? Can I? Um, and she says, you know, sure, I could use I could use some time to recuperate from Christmas. All right. Let's go, Louisa. And without knowing where the fuck he's going, again, he's going to grab Louisa's hand and run outside, only, only, only stopping at, like, the end of the block, realizing that he has no idea where he's going. Um, Rosaline, uh, Rosaline follows, uh, waving goodbye to, to your mother and meets up with you at the end of the block and says... Well, you got lucky. This is the direction we're going. She glances around and pulls out a wand from within her pocket, um, making sure to be very uh, sneaky. Um, and with a quick sideways flick, a streetcar suddenly appears at the end of the street and glides to a stop in front of you. Now, it's important to note, there is not a streetcar near your Aunt Odessa's house, uh, and there is certainly no line for it to run on, but it is there nonetheless. Uh, Rosaline steps onto the streetcar, slapping an unfamiliar-looking paper bill into the driver's hand, and she says, Ricky, to which he easily replies, Rosie. And, and he nods at both of you as, as she goes to take a seat, uh, and, and she gestures for you to, to follow along. I'll say Ricky, and then walk and sit with her. <laughs> I'll say Ricky, and then I'll uh, I'll give him a very friendly, like, um, handshake fist bump type thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm sure, you know. That he, you, you, like, he like it's one you. that I completely, no, no, no. It's one that I completely, we've never met. I, it's one that I've completely made up and he's, and he has no idea how to keep up. His hand's kind of just there and I'm doing whatever the heck I think I want to do to it. You know, he's just like, yeah, all right, man. Um, he, he, he gives you just that kind of very patient with this interesting handshake as you, as you enter. Y'all, y'all sit down. Um, it's it's pretty much it, the whole streetcar is empty. There's there's nobody else on it. Um, it begins to truck along, passing along the streets, seemingly invisible to most pedestrians. It goes by, though once in a while someone will turn ahead and nod to Ricky, who responds with a polite dip of the head. Um, after a few minutes of a cool breeze and the peaceful vibes of the streetcar, it comes to a stop. Um, Lou, having taken public transit previously, you know it usually takes about 40 minutes to get from your aunt's house to the French Quarter. This is only 10 and wasn't breaking any sound barriers. You, you step off on a barren street that you don't recognize. Um, it's mostly occupied by uh, closed shops and, and Rosaline slips into a cafe that seems to be dead on the outside, uh, waving to a friendly looking waitress and then leads you to the back where there are spiral staircases leading up to a balcony. Um, she, she walks along and then there's a mysterious door that she opens. And through it, you're suddenly on a cobblestone street that is hustling and bustling, noisy and crowded. Welcome to Palooza Shut, um, which is kind of like the horizontal lane of New Orleans. Palooza Shut is like if horizontal lane was taken over by Greg Reasley. Um, it is colorful, boisterous, and filled to the brim with flair. People, whom you can only assume must be sorcerers, are wandering about, bags in hand, laughing and shouting as they move through the street. A cafe sits on the right with a large outdoor seating section. On the corner, a few yards down, you see a floating saxophone jamming out by itself, a hat left underneath um, as it seemingly busked on its own. 
um, shops dot the side of the streets painted in scattered rainbow, attracting your focus in a million different directions. It's not an absolutely massive street, probably half the size of Horizontal Lane. However, it is exceedingly energetic and eclectic. All right, so we've got uh, we got some shops here. Now I'll, I'll give you the list, um, and you guys can visit three of them. So there's an apothecary, a magical goods shop, uniform slash clothes, a candy shop, magical supplies, joke shop, pet shop, bookshop, and then a wand shop. And then there's one at the end of the lane that's kind of like, it's just there. It's just there like suspiciously, or like it's just there like... Probably, like, we're just not doing it. It's like, all right. It's just there as in you can visit three shops and you're going to that one after. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, anyway, uh, love foreshadowing. Anyway, um, where do you want to go, Louisa? A uh, candy shop? Yeah, okay, let's go to the candy shop. Yeah. So uh, you, you go, the candy shop is uh, kind of in the center of, of the street uh, on the right, um, on the left. Uh, the shop is quite magnificent. And besides Fancy Flow's ice cream shop in Horizontal Lane, this is the only magical sweet shop you've ever been in. And it is magnificent. The color scheme flows through the door and it looks like painted splatters have covered every inch of the walls, floor, shelves, and even ceiling. Um, a teenager, a few years older than you, sits at the counter on the right. Uh, and she greets you with a peppy, welcome in. Um, so the store is aligned with shelves along the walls and, and some in the center creating three aisles. Along the left wall, there are drawers upon drawers of different candies with scoops and small bags every few columns. It's a pay-by-the-pound candy wall. Um, along the right, there, uh, there are novelty candies from different decades of magical candies past. Through the center shelves are gift baskets, combo boxes, and theme gifts for any occasion. Um, the back wall has the exciting stuff, brand new innovative candy, some you have to have an adult with you to buy. Oh, Kenny's running to that back wall. Of course you are. Rosaline spots that and is going to follow you very closely. <laughs> Whoa, what's this? And um, I, I grab, like, it, does anything look like like a chocolate bar or something? Um, yeah, there's definitely a, an assortment of, of experimental candy. The the chocolate bar there that, that you m perhaps spot is uh, a quite uh, spicy. Now, there, there are plenty of super spicy chocolate bars um, that normies have. However, uh, this one in particular um, dissolves the tongue. Now, don't worry. It'll grow back in a few hours. Probably. But nothing is guaranteed with sorcery magic. Oh, Kenny has to get this. Oh my god. Uh, Rosaline is looking over her shoulder and she's like, Kenny, that this one seems like a bad idea. Are you sure? Because it says it'll grow back. Maybe. It says it'll grow back. Maybe. Professor, no offense, but as a molder of young minds, don't you think you ought to try to be a little more optimistic? As a molder of young minds, I try to protect my students from losing their tongues. All right. Well, if you're looking out for me, then I guess it's the right call that I put it back. Sweet kitty. Um, Lou, is there anything uh, anything you're looking at or looking for? Um, I guess I probably would have followed to the wall. Um, yeah, back, back there, else? there are a couple things that um, that definitely capture your attention. There's like uh, a, a flower pot that's purple um, that 
that seems there's some kind of candy within it. There's there's one that just looks like honeycomb. Just looks like a brick of honey, honeycomb, like you would normally find at like a farmer's market. Um, and then there's one that uh, it, it is just like, you know those Play-Doh containers? It's like that, but clear. And some kind of just like green slime is inside. I feel like the... Uh flower pot and honeycomb would be interesting she'd want to know what's up with those um so the honeycomb on the front uh it says more trick than treat um and there's a like a cartoon picture of honeycomb and like a like little girl biting it with like a panicked expression and then bees coming out of her mouth um so when you bite into this honeycomb uh it turns into bees (laughs) which is dangerous could be good for Catherine. <laughs> oh my god um wow uh and then the flower pot um when uh you can grow things in the flower pot you can plant seeds um and and water it like it's like it's absolutely normal but instead of plants um it grows uh the candy of whatever whatever seed that or whatever candy you plant in it it grows that candy so it's like planting your own herbs except it's candy i want that all right um rosaline is like oh that looks cool absolutely um yeah is there is there anything else you look at or or try and pick up um does kenny remember any of Luisa's favorite candies growing up uh roll me a d20 with history oh i have disadvantage on those Oh, right. Defeat. Yep. Oh, okay. So 18 is the good roll. Hold on. Okay. Okay. 13. With history, yeah. um, 15. Not bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, just to clarify, uh, Kenny, Kenny took a nice little feat called, uh, the himbo feat, um, <laughs> that, that was created specifically for for this character and and perhaps might be taken by some other npcs uh that might that might fit it um but so, you yeah. but the fans heard it here first kenny is the original himbo in this world so there you go wow okay staking your claim in the himbo archetype um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, with uh, with a fifteen, I'd say you you remember uh, a couple different types of candy that that Lou likes. Um, perhaps not not recalling which is is her absolute favorite, but you're certain that about a couple of them. Okay, uh, so I'm gonna go around the candy shop and get like a couple of candies that seem like similar to those, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna pay for them, of course, and then I'm gonna give them to Louisa. Aww. Do I, do I have money? Does Kenny have money? Yeah, I was about to ask, yeah. do I have money too? Good question. Um, the money is not a mechanic I've worked out for 12-year-olds yet. Uh, so I'm going to go Kenny, ahead. Kenny has $1 million. <laughs> no, he does not. You're right. You're uh, right. You're right, Hardy. You're right. You're right. You're right. Kenny has $1 billion. Sorry. No. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, upon hearing that you guys were going to go shopping, uh, both of your mothers gave you a little bit of money. Um, Kenny, your mother, your money works. Um, Lou, you have, uh, normie money. Um, however, uh, Rosaline definitely has, uh, sorcerer money as she primarily lives within the sorcery world. Um, so she, she got your back. Um, but yeah, good, good question. Um, 
so yeah, you guys, you guys check out. Um, Lou, you get this this interesting flower pot, and then you get a bunch of candy shoved into your hands, some of which might be excellent for planting. Um, and Here then, you go, Lisa. Uh, something something sweet for someone sweet. And he gives he give, he gives you the finger guns, I guess. Thanks, Kenny. You always wear the sweetest. That's so cute. Um, Kenny blushes. <laughs> Yeah, so you guys, uh, you guys have a nice candy haul. Um, Louisa has this really cool uh, flower pot. Is there anything else you want to do in the shop, or you want to head out? No, there are a lot of cool other shops we can check out. Unless Louisa wants to stay, then I respect it. No, well, she was gonna like look for candy, different candy for her friends, but only mm-hmm. if she had like personal money. She doesn't want to ask Rosaline for it. So she'll just like take note and probably whatever Kenny gave her, she'll like plant and make more for her friends. Hmm. American candy. There's definitely in America, there's kind of um, magical versions of a lot of the popular candy um, that America has. So like, you know, there's a magical Kit Kit Kat where um, you break it and then it... (laughs) Sorry, the only thing that came to my mind is you break it and it breaks your bones, but I don't want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? There's there's magical versions of American candy um, that have special attributes that I'm not going to try and make up because clearly all I can come up with is it breaks your bones. So... Or melts your tongue. <laughs> Doing great. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the candy shop. Uh, so... You guys, uh, you guys have time to, to head into two more shops. You've got um, the Apothecary, Magical Goods, Uniform Slash Clothes, Magical Supplies, a Joke Shop, Pet Shop, Bookstore, Wand Shop, and then the one at the end of the lane that you're going to go in later. Well, I picked the first one, so you should pick the next one, Kenny. Ooh, all right. Uh, let's go check out the Joke Shop. All right. I could use a good laugh. So, while Ala Palusashat blows Riesley's slapstick supplies out of the water, the interior of the Palusashat joke shop doesn't compare. Um, in fact, it's rather dead inside. Um, at the counter to the right is a teenager a few years older than you. Uh, she- <laughs> she's dressed like a clown and looks utterly miserable. <laughs> Along the right wall are jokes covered in dust, clearly haven't been touched in a long time, let alone dusted. Everything seems to be the equivalent of normie jokes. Everything is out of date um, and stale seeming. The color of the boxes have faded and the words are hazy and hard to read. There's just like a mustiness in the air and a very unhappy clown teenager at the counter. No wonder this this joke shop sucks. I mean, compared to comparatively. Right. I mean, you've seen Riesley slapstick supplies here. Like, I'm surprised they don't ship them over and sell them, because... Well, the thing is, they do mail orders. Um, mm. So that, that might be one of the reasons why uh, this joke shop is on the edge of out of business. Whoops. I guess, I guess I'll go up to the, to the teenage clown and uh, ask, What's wrong? Why, why are you so upset? Well, no one's bought anything in, like years and i'm bored oh well that's no fun okay um i look around for like whatever items they have near the near the cash register i guess and i'll, I'll buy like the first thing i grab the, the first thing you grab um is a clown horn <laughs> and it's Perfect. covered in polka dots um and should you squeeze it it has a really pathetic 
I'm not okay. You know what? Whenever I try and do sound effects, it's always left it? in and sounds d terrible. Des describe it. Describe it. I'll do it. It's like a. It's like you go to honk it, and it kind of like like half honk and squeaks, and then like dies out. I know exactly. I can hear it in my head. I, I know what you're trying. To describe. <laughs> yeah. Because every time I try and do a sound effect, instead of putting in a sound effect, they just leave mine in, and I don't want that this sound effect in. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it, but I'm gonna describe it. Um, yeah. So it's it's a really pathetic clown clown horn, and when you do squeeze it, there's a puff of dust that like pops out the front um, and lands on on the miserable teen clown's counter. Um, she. Oh, I'll take one. She like looks down at it and then looks up at you and she goes, "I'm smiling." Again, nothing, no, 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 no thought process going behind the eyes. No, no, no brain, nothing in there. Nope. Um, she looks down. She looks back up at you and she says, "Are you joking?" <laughs> See, you're having fun already. <laughs> uh, can you roll a charisma check for me? Just straight charisma? Yeah, straight charisma. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I have advantage on charisma checks. You do. The himbo feet. <laughs> All right, right off the bat, that's 19. All right, it's a good thing we have advantage. Um, one sec. 19 plus... I mean, she four. she rolled against you, and I can tell you whatever the smaller one was probably would have won. Great. I got a 23. Um, she, she looks up at you, um, again, and kind of lets out a, a giggle, um, just kind of like a, <laughs> um, and a small smile cracks on her face and, and her makeup kind of like cracks along with it, having, uh, having not been able to smile for so long. Um, she, uh, takes the money that you put down, um, and slides out the change, um, a dust trail being left on the counter. Um, and then she puts it in a, in a little bag and she says, okay, here is your horn. Thank you so much. I hope you have a lovely day. My work here is done. Louisa, you need anything? Um, no, I don't, I don't have any of my own money, but if I did, I'd sure spend some, <laughs> I say. <laughs> uh, Rosaline says, um, you know... If, if there's anything you want to get, you know, we can... I just, like, look at Rosaline and, like, shake my head really quickly, like, no, I, I don't want anything. I'm just being nice. <laughs> oh, shoot. I left my money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was uh, nice seeing you again, um, she says to the, the clown, who looks slightly less miserable than before. Um, and, and you all exit. Um, y'all have, uh, y'all have one more, one more place you, you gotta go, or don't, you know, guess you don't have to go. You can go. Um, you can go to the apothecary, magical goods, magical supplies, pet shop, bookstore, or wand shop. Louisa? Um, I don't Oh, know. wait! Oh, wait, we haven't asked. Professor? Um, that is, that is very kind of you to, um, to ask. Yeah, what? you should know what's good here. That's true. I go here frequently. Um, Whoa, you live here? <laughs> uh, I mean, not not far. 
not far from here, but most of the time I'm uh, I'm at Flemeth. Um, but all right, she uh, she points uh, she points down to the bookshop uh, that's next to the uh, cafe with the the independently busking saxophone uh, is standing in front of it. Um, the bookstore is smaller than the one in Horizontal Lane. Um, there's a counter on the right, uh, and when you enter, there's a teenager a few years older than you uh, flipping through a novel. Um, that she is engrossed in this book. Um, it doesn't even flinch when the bell goes off. There are a couple people in there kind of wandering around a bit, looking looking at some shelves. Um, to the right, there's a Flemeth section with all the necessary and optional reading books a student might need. To the left, there is a history section detailing the history of mostly American magic, the American sorcery government, and some international magic, like the drama of the UK's government from the American perspective. Um, the center aisle has magical fiction books, though these are regularly sold Sold at any borders out there um, and the back wall has books that you need an adult to purchase mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely interested in the ones about like American wizardry but mm-hmm. I also want to check out the back wall I'll ask my aunt like can we look at those um, she's, she, uh, she glances down she goes yes let's avoid the shelf all the way to the left um but um they're just some not child appropriate books back there um all right well just so you know well i shouldn't be talking about this in public but we do some not child appropriate stuff at school i suppose it should well i can't really i'm not supposed to talk about it but just so you know i'm not just your average second year my friends and i we have some stuff going on what kind of stuff kenny we'll talk about this later okay uh she she's like uh okay um sure and (laughs) in very much a i'm sure you're not an average tween girl honey kind of a way um, and, and she says, but yeah, we can, uh, we can go look at these, uh, at these books back there. Um, yes, let's go look. Are there any, are there any comic books? There are, comic yeah, books? in the, in the center aisle, there are comic books. Most of them are like normal, co- normal comic books, but they're like very specific. So it's like Dr. Strange. Um, Great. that, you that know. works for Kenny. That works for Kenny. He's going to go check out the comic books. Excellent. You pick me um, up something good, Kenny. Will do. I'm on it. <laughs> and then I like usher my aunt. Like, mm-hmm. let's go. She uh, she walks with you back there. Uh, kind of puts a, a little bit of a barrier between you and that last left shelf. Um, <laughs> more in the like, there are pictures on the covers that she doesn't want you to see. Um, you know, out of interest of her her little niece. Um, but the, the rest of the shelves, um, have some books that look, um, just look more mature in the sense that, you know, they, they don't have like attention grabbing photos, um, or, or catchy titles. Um, they, they look kind of educational. Um, the, the ones that might pique your interest the most or look the most familiar or look, you know, more appealing to you in regards, especially to, to what's going on in your life, um, there's a there's a book on the um, on the UK sorceries uh, twenty eight conspiracy. 
um, is kind of the title. Now, the number 28 might stand out to you, um, especially since some of your friends are involved in this, but there are 28 houses um, of true bloods that have some kind of uh, historical status or significance. Um, and this book seems to, to discuss um, what they, they call a conspiracy about it. Um, perhaps why these families were formed, how they came to be, um, and some other dark stuff that might be going on. Um, there's also a book that uh, discusses um, how, uh, how evil magic, the part that evil magic and evil magic artifacts um, had in the second sorcery war. Um, specifically, you know, there are things that that's most history books don't name or kind of allude to or skirt around so as not to produce copycats. This book is specifically about those things um, and, and what happened. Now, this book is banned in the UK for obvious reasons, um, but Americans, for some reason, let, let it you know, let it be on the shelves. Um, so these two books definitely catch your eye. There's some that uh, are about uh, werewolves um, that, you know, you, you look at because you got some friends. Um, you know, there's some about about any, kind of like... No, yeah, what? What's up? Any about like memory charms? Anything about that? Yeah. Um... Absolutely. There's definitely um, a book specifically about um, uh, magic and memories, the correlation. Um, it, it, at first glance, it doesn't seem like the kind of book that would be in some sort of restricted section. Um, but upon, if you, if you open the the cover and you take a peek oh, at like I the summary, definitely do. Yeah, it it talks about um, specifically the danger of memory, memory charms, memory uh, artifacts. It talks about, um, we had recently discussed uh, memorias uh, at -hmm. the end of the school year. So it talks about that and uh, historical significance with with regarding that um, specific uh, artifact. That's exactly what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like I'll grab the first two books Mm-hmm. and that book mm-hmm. um and then with regards to like the first two since they're about like more dark magic stuff i feel like i uh go to my aunt and um ask her do you think there's any chance that anything in this book might be true um she she takes it from you and looks and and she kind of chuckles and she goes oh this this ridiculous yeah so the houses of 28 uh, is a little bit of a lacking a laughing stock in america um in the sorcery community it's just kind of an absurd uh concept that is was taken so seriously in the uk and hopefully not taken as seriously now but i mean i think uh i've heard this book and i've, I've heard several of my friends read it um it's kind of on my reading list but uh, essentially it, it's kind of brings up some interesting uh, scandals and some uh, some some things that kind of lead to a uh, p- point fingers to kind of why why specifically these 28 families um, believed that they were so above everyone else 
um, it just kind of makes everything make a little bit more sense. Now, it's called a conspiracy because it's not confirmed. Everything's in history. It's hard to know for sure. But I don't know. There's some solid evidence in here. Uh, oh, man, I would love to get to the root of why they do feel better. They feel that they're better than us. That's quite the question now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, if at all if it's okay with you i know these are adult books and there are three of them and maybe i could give you a little information about why i need them but if possible would you be willing to purchase these three books for me now i would have done it without that but i'm very intrigued so i'll absolutely make that deal okay i mean i'm there are things I'm not legally allowed to talk about. <laughs> she says it that way. So. Okay. Um, yeah, there are things I'm not like legally allowed to talk about, but um, let's just say I'm not only doing schoolwork. We we may be somewhere more private, she says, and she like looks around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there there are a couple people. There's no one in this section as of now, but there are a couple people not too far away. Um, but yeah, yeah, she just nods and she goes, Ab- "I would absolutely love to hear more." Luis is like, "Fuck, <laughs> I want to <laughs> trust my family, but uh, you know." <laughs> not supposed who, who to talk can about you trust? this. Yeah, who can I trust? So she got what she needs, though, which is those three books. Excellent. And she's gonna probably stay up all night reading them. Incredible. Um, yeah. So you, uh, you guys, you make your purchase. Kenny, are you are you getting anything from here? Yeah. Um. Kenny picks up some Doctor Strange and some Aquaman for Louisa. Incredible. Um, I'll say that when you you flip through, if you're familiar with these comics at all, you'll notice that there are a couple differences. Just a couple. Um, Just some references to some some magical stuff. For example, in uh, in Aquaman, uh, if you're looking at one of the the origin stories, uh, there is a little bit of time in which he he mentions the school from Flemeth that I'm about to pull up because I've forgotten what it's called. I also don't know anything about Aquaman's backstory, so this is going to be interesting. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, it mentions the the school of Vasaden, um, which is the water element house. Um, so it just adds a little bit of... Uh, detail from the sorcery world into the actual comic um but besides that the story is is mostly the same it's just a couple winks and nods here and there um though it's you're unsure if uh these comics were adapted for the sorcery world or adapted for the normie world um that part's a bit unclear the world will never know we'll never know um absolutely will not never ever know uh so yeah you guys go you purchase uh roseline gets these books um the teenager at the counter doesn't even look up from her book as she makes these transactions somehow makes perfect change um i would also like to point out that this teenager who has been uh has been at the counters in all three shops is the exact same teenager with the exact same uh you know 
facial expressions. Um, it, it's essentially the same person, but she's so they, she's I, at the counter. So she is she miserable here too? No, she's in gross. So she was she was kind of peppy at the candy shop, then okay. the miserable clown at the joke shop, and now she's just like really engrossed in this book, not really paying attention. Um, okay. Yeah, she. Uh, if you guys watch Crazy Ex Girlfriend, the actress who played Heather, that's what she mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. Okay. Because who else has the range? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, you pay, um, and she makes change without even looking at anything. It's very impressive. Um, and as you walk out of the shop, uh, Rosaline says, "Before we head out, I'd love to stop in and say hi to a friend, if you don't mind." Sure. Okay. Um, she leads you to the very end of Pelusisha to a tiny shop on the right. Um, a sign above the door reads, uh, Madame Fabiana's. The inside has been made to feel very comforting and calm with lower lights and darker colors. Um, to the right of the door, instead of a teenager, sits a woman also reading a book. Um, she looks up at you as you enter and a wide smile breaks onto her face when she spots Rosaline. Why, Professor Rosie, what a pleasure it is to have you visit. To which uh, Rosaline replies, Fabiana, lovely to see you as always. This is my niece, Lou, and one of my uh, students, Kenny. And, and she introduces you. She she looks down at you both and, and she gives you a, a very nice, polite smile. And she says, well, hello there. Hi. She, she looks back at Rosaline and uh, she says, now, you know... Today's been a bit slow. I'm kind of itching to get my hands on some cards. Plus, uh, I owe you a favor, I believe. So how about a reading for each of you on me? I've never had a reading done for me before. I'd love that. Louisa? Yeah, I've I've never either. That sounds great. Awesome. So she leads you to the back portion of the shop uh, through a set of velvet a set of velvet curtains to a table with two chairs facing each other. Um, There's a small bench on the side big enough for two. Um, She sits at the table and she says, all right, who's first? We'll save the best for last. I'll go first. (laughs) Oh. So, uh, so when you, uh, when you sit down, Kenny, she pulls uh, three decks uh, from kind of like this huge stack of different tarot decks. So she sets them down in front of you. Um, the one on the left is is a crimson deck with a flame. Uh, the one on the right is a green deck with a blooming white flower. And in the center is a deck with a man dressed as a fool. Um, she says, all right, go ahead and pick a deck. I mean, this feels like a trap. But also, <laughs> but also I'm falling for it. I want the flame deck, obviously. Of course you do. So uh, you, you pick the flame deck. Um, and she moves the other two decks out of the way and she sets it directly in front of you. And she says, all right, go ahead, cut the deck. I don't have a knife. No, oh, honey. Um, <laughs> she demonstrates, she, she says, you, you put your hand over it, just grab somewhere and then separate the top half from the bottom half. All right, I do that. Um, and then she says, go ahead and stack it any way you want. Uh, so I, I cut it into three parts. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll put... Um, the left, the leftmost deck on top of the rightmost deck, and then the middle mm-hmm. deck on top of that. Okay. Uh, so she uh, she takes this deck and slides it out, so it's a row of cards in front of you. Um, and she says, "All right, go ahead, choose three cards." All right. Um, one in the dead middle, and then the two on the two very last ones on either end. Hmm. 
Um, yes. Okay. So, uh, so she, she takes these cards and she puts them in three and she says, what I'm going to do is, is a spread called the past, present, future. Pretty self-explanatory. The first card is, uh, the past. The middle card is the present and the right card is the future. Um, so she flips over the first card. Um, a bright golden sun smiles at you from the center of the card. Um, and she says, what a lovely card to have in the past position. Uh, seeing, uh, seeing it here means that everything is going all right for you. Um, you're the kind of person where things were okay and you're going with the flow, taking it one day at a time. Um, seeing it in the past position means things have changed, though. Uh, something's shaken you out of that pattern. Uh, maybe you've gotten some new goals or something to work towards. Um, and now you're taking a, a bit more of active steps in your life. So she goes ahead. Um, and she flips the middle card. Um, and you see seven cups are stacked on top of one another. But to Madame Fabiana, the pyramid is upside down. Um, and she said, this card in reverse is a wake-up call. You need to get everything straightened out, doll. Something within you is coming to a light. You're making a revelation that's going to change things. Usually these involve matters of the heart, emotions, and feelings. It can be unclear what exactly is going to click in a place, but keep your eyes and your heart open and accept it when it comes to you. She flips the card on the right. The picture on the card is one of a family, a mother and father holding on to each other with a child in front of them. Um, looks like you're getting a, uh, looks like you're getting your happy ending, honey. What you so desperately want is a complete family and that deep connection with the people around you. It's in your future. This is one of the most beautiful placements for the card. Hang in there. Give it some time. What you want is coming to you, Angel. Aw, thanks, madam. And I, for once, Kenny ponders a little bit and walks away from the table. <laughs> Aw. Um, so, uh, Madam Fabiana looks uh, looks between uh, you and, and Rosaline, and Rosaline says, Lou, do you want to go uh, next or after me? Oh, whenever you want. All right. Uh, how about how about you go ahead? I'll uh, I'll go last. Okay. Um. So you you sit down and and she does the same thing, putting out three decks in front of you, but this time they're different. Um. On the left is a deck that is royal blue with a golden rose in the center of the card. Um. In the center is a is a dusty pink deck with the image of a wil of a wilting tree at the center. Um. And on the right is a deck that's bright red with a flame licking up the top. Uh, the one with the rose? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds pretty. Uh, Madame Fabiana nods, um, and she says, all right, go ahead, cut the deck, stack it, stack it any way you like. Uh, I feel like she just cuts the deck and then puts the bottom half on top. Mm-hmm. Very standard. All right, she spreads it out, um, just like she did for Kenny, and says, all right, three cards, we're doing the past, present, and future. Um, okay, she'll just pick, like, three random cards from, like, somewhere in the front, middle, and end of the deck. Okay. So she sets the cards down um, and flips the one on the left over. Um, this card shows a woman with her head down, the world moving behind her without her even noticing. Um, and she says, uh, this card in the past position is reversed. Um, and that means it gives it a different meaning. Uh, in the past... You were in a place where you were lacking information and were suffering for it. Fate was moving around you without letting you have a hand in it, and that gave you some negative emotions. It's affecting your feelings of groundedness, uprooting you from the feelings of certainty you had before this awakening. 
Um, in the center, she she flips the middle card. Oh, the card at the center says strength. Uh, it boasts an image of a beautiful woman lifting the world above her head. Uh, her face demonstrating determination. She said, this card, upright and in the present position, says a lot about you, Lou. You're tough. You're a young woman with a lot of resilience and determination. I'm sorry that you feel you've got to be the strong one. At your age, you should you should be allowed to feel everything you feel and not be the one who thinks they have to be a pillar to keep everyone else upright. You're allowed to fall apart too. You're allowed to let it out and need help and not be the one everyone relies on. Um, and then finally she flips the card on the right. Uh, this card features a woman older than the last, this time with a sword in one hand and wearing armor. She looks angry, charging at her enemy on the other side of the card. Dear Lou, it looks like your time of strength isn't over. You're involved in a conflict of some sort. Listen, some conflicts are not worth it, so you need to figure out if it is really and truly worth it, and only then should you jump into battle. Should you find this conflict is worth it, this card is asking you to take a stand by being bold and aggressive. It wants you to actively change the flow of things by standing up for what you believe in. But first, you gotta believe in yourself. The only way you'll win the battle is with the confidence of a warrior. If your cause is just, and you truly believe in both it and yourself, then you are going to change the world. And that's your reading. Woof. I mean, you're definitely on to some stuff there, but <laughs> I guess I have a lot to think about. Ain't that the truth? Um, and, and as you stand, your Aunt Roseline uh, goes ahead and, and takes a seat. So uh, they, they follow the same routine, putting out three decks. Uh, she chooses the uh, the pink deck with the wilting uh, tree, uh, which was one of the three that, that was put down for you as well, Louisa. Um, you know, she cuts the deck, they spread it out, she picks her cards. Uh, the first card flipped over is one with an image of a large stone tower. Madame Fabiana nods almost solemnly. Um, she says, you've had hard times. You both know this is true. You've had something rock your world, shift you completely. You've lost a lot in your heart. This has changed who you are. This has been a stepping stone in becoming who you need to be, but still, I'm sorry to anyone who's witnessed this kind of event. Um, the, the middle card uh, she pulls, um, and it has a large colorful wheel um, spinning on the front of the card, a blurred rainbow looking quite magical. She says, something lucky is coming your way. You're about to strike gold any moment now. The good fortune has been building behind the scenes and is going to present itself to you. Take it and milk every moment of it because you could certainly use it after the heartbreak. She flips the final and third card. Um, the last card flipped is black with a silver skull in the dead center. Um, the word death on, on the bottom. There is a pause before Madame Fabiana says anything. Wow, three major arcana cards and a three card reading is a rare sight indeed. Now, don't be worried, dear. Death doesn't necessarily mean a fatal end coming to you soon. It's it's the end of a chapter. A transitional period is coming. A shift from one era to the next for you. And my, I hope it is one of beauty and abundance. Um, and, that, and that finishes up uh, Rosaline's reading. Um, and Madame Fabiana stands um, and offers to, to escort you to the front of the shop. Um, Rosaline slips a few paper bills onto the counter when she isn't looking, insisting to pay for the otherwise free readings. Um, and she says, well, it was an absolute pleasure uh, getting to, uh, to read for you all. Um, I, I hope you, you find some clarity. Thank you so much. It was nice meeting you. Well, it was lovely to meet you too. 
Um, she she reaches out, shaking Rosal- uh, Rosaline's hand, and then yours, Kenny, um, and then you as well, Lou. Um, before she releases your hand, her grip tightens, and she pulls you closer, squinting her eyes at you. She says, now hold on now. Um, there's a look of confusion flashing over her face. She's searching for something, but not quite wanting to settle on what she thinks she sees. Under her breath, she mutters, you got some of them with you now. Some of what? Well, you've got some guidance. Some Loire are watching out for you. Four of them. Loire are the, the, the spirits or deity-like figures in the Vodou religion, and you got four of them guiding you. Um, she, she lets go of your hand and, and goes behind her counter, pulling out a book from behind, uh, from behind the counter, and she sets it down. As she flips it open, uh, looking for a page and she spots it and you see one of the figures it's an adult woman her feet in a pool of water um she says erzuli she has feminine energy often comes to women she represents dancing and and beauty and love um and, and she flips to another page and you see two twin children holding hands she says these are the marasa atwa the twins of three they look like children, act like them, and are required to be fed sweets and sugar, but they are extremely powerful deities. They're always looking for their third. Um, they, there's uh, a story of, of them being initially triplets, um, but, but never quite finding their, their third twin. They're known for their healing and clairvoyance and bestowing good luck. The fourth, um, I'm not quite sure who it is, but, but they're on your side. Um, you must be someone mighty powerful with big things ahead of you if you're being watched over by four law. Don't take their power for granted, or yours. You might need their help, but they wouldn't be there if they didn't believe you could handle whatever's coming your way. I've seen them before. Where have you seen um, them? In my dreams, the past couple nights. Mm. They the, are with the you fourth is. The fourth is some kind of masculine adult figure would you know who that is um she she kind of looks down and she goes well there's there's um a, a great deal of masculine figures and and, and to be truthful i i kind of get the sense that he might be one of the the gay day now the gay day are are kind of like a, a group um a group of figures that kind of encompass one idea but they all have separate parts in it um and they're essentially kind of like uh, watchers over over death um some uh some deal with bringing people kind of to the the spirit world uh some deal with um you know vengeance some deal with protecting people um so there's there's a great there's there's several of them um and she says, "No, I'm not. I'm not quite sure which one it is. And, and this, don't let it be something worrying you. Like you have death over your shoulder. But I, I will say that um, that it is it is quite powerful to have one of them on your side. So feel um, uh, feel the power. I I may have seen death at some point in my life, or I've been told that I've seen death at some point in my life, but I don't remember it." Well, how, uh, how, uh, 
how would you know um, if you if you think you've seen death but you don't you don't remember don't know of it? Um, at my school, uh, the carriages are pulled by trystals, and I could see them, and no one else could. And, and my, my best friend told me that it was because I've seen death. That's the only way you can see them. But I don't remember that. Uh, she says, ah. She uh, she grabs another book from uh, behind the counter and she lays it down, flipping to a few uh, pages. And you see an illustration of, of what you remember as a Tristel. But instead of it saying Tristel, it says uh, Chevals. Um, and she says, now, what you call Tristels over there in the UK, we call Chevals, at least here in New Orleans. Um, and, and they are uh, they are associated with, uh, with gay days. They um, they help uh they help bring uh shepherd people over from life to the spirit world when it is their time now what's important to note is while there are several gay days that are associated with with untimely murder and such um you you're never br- uh, brought to the spirit world before your time um so none of them are are trying to uh to take you from from the physical world before before you're supposed to leave um, I don't so, think I was worried about that. I'm just worried about others. Like, who who did I see die, and why don't I remember it? Well, if you're having why dreams, are they with me? <laughs> if if you're having dreams of the law, there's there's something, there's a message they're trying to get across. It might take you a while to figure it out. Perhaps perhaps you never figure it out. Maybe they're just with you through some events but it, it definitely means that you are someone of significance and and you have you have quite a journey up ahead of you um they might uh they might be bringing you something as well but there's no telling uh, of knowing what that is what kind of stuff can they bring well they can bring good fortune they can bring you true love they can bring you misfortune uh, they can they can bring you powers um they they can bring you information i mean uh, they're they're quite powerful they can uh, they're known for for bestowing gifts um upon upon those who they think need or, or deserve them um so you know you might you might find yourself with um with some with something extra on your side. Thank you. Of course. Now you go on. You be safe, um, and you you listen to your intuition because it's going to be strong. I'll try. So Rosaline uh, escorts you out. Definitely, kind of like a, a pondering contemplation on her face, um, and she says, "Now uh, the." The sun's going to be setting soon. We probably should head back so no one's mother's worried about anybody. Um, and and she leads you out of uh, Palooza Chat to uh, to the outside of, of that cafe where you initially came in. Um, she calls the streetcar, ushers you on with a Ricky and a Rosie. Um, he also giving you uh, nods as you enter and as uh, she leads you to the back of the empty streetcar she sits down and she leans over to Louisa and she says now do we want to talk about what's going on a little bit more there are a lot of things I think I, I need to talk about um do you know who I saw die no um I, I don't I um 
there hasn't there hasn't been anyone significant in our family that is that has died. No one no one while you were there and And you can't see Tristles without seeing someone die, right? Right. I'm 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 quite puzzled about this. I've never seen I've never seen someone who who's seen a Cheval or a or a Tristel without having witnessed death firsthand. I'm uh, th- there are many possibilities, I suppose, um, since the one truth we thought was true isn't. Um, I there's there's a professor at Flemeth um, who's quite uh, quite knowledgeable in uh, in death and magic. That's uh, that's one of his. Uh, studies of interest I can talk to him a little bit and see if he can get me information on on people who may have seen uh, Chevals without without witnessing death or if there was another way they've witnessed death and and what that could be and try and figure this out please I, yeah it's it's confusing and it made my friends worry and I don't want them to worry about me of course I mean it sounds it sounds like you have some pretty great friends though I do, I do. They have enough to worry about, though. <laughs> they don't need to worry about me, too. Well, you remember what Madame Fabiana said. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it's okay to let your friends worry about you and, and let yourself be worried about yourself as well. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes I worry about myself, but I don't, I don't think they worry about me. Like I said, they, they all have a lot going on in their lives they're pretty preoccupied sometimes I worry about you I worry about you too Kenny I'm glad you're here <laughs> Kenny blushes and, put, and puts his head down <laughs> uh, yeah we're, we're we're dealing with some stuff that's bigger than just school at home you know how the UK sorcery world is. There's always something going on, it seems like. That's true. I thought I thought they had finished up a lot of that um unnecessary drama a while ago, but perhaps yeah, uh, a lot. perhaps they haven't. Harley question is the the Alaska Bam breakout uh, pu- public knowledge, like, was it in the papers and stuff? It is not. Uh, so the Sanctum has a really, really great, um, kind of like, uh, press dealer. Uh, Henry, Henry mentioned her maybe once or twice. Um, essentially, she's really, really good at controlling news and press, and has she, there's something that she does um, that uh, that helps control what gets out and what doesn't so the the prison break has not uh been been anywhere no one knows about it except for those who know about it yeah okay then i guess i won't bring it up (laughs) unfortunately um yeah i mean i don't even know where to begin about what's been happening but if it gives you any indication of the severity of the situation. One of my best friends just found out she's related to Henry Porter, and another one of mine is a, a member of the 28 families, I would assume. Actually, the other two both probably are descended from them, at least. So they have a lot 
to deal with. Oh, that that sounds so messy. The house of tw- the houses of twenty eight are notorious for drama and scandals. I mean, it even yeah. reaches over here. My friend has a stable full of unicorns. Can you believe that? Uh, wow. Um, she has her own stable of unicorns. T- she sounds like she must come from money. Oh, God, you wouldn't even believe it. I, I, I am flabbergasted. When she went to our other friend's house, I, I was surprised she, like, didn't, her head didn't explode. <laughs> Because it's so small compared to, I'm sure, what I couldn't even imagine her house. And then my other friend got a dragon over the summer. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't like keep it at her home, but she has it. <laughs> it's hers. Oh it's called Bratscale. Wow. Uh, and all I got to, and all I got is a cat. I know. I have an owl. You got a cat? What's yeah, I got name? a cat. You got an owl? What's your owl's name? What's your cat's name? We'll say it at the same time. Okay. One, two, three. Gator. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Gator. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Croc. <laughs> what Croc? Now Gator all the way. I don't know. Croc is such a cute name for a cat. Yeah, but Gator is a good name for an owl. And it fits him really well. He's a big old honker. <laughs> oh, he's a honker. <laughs> 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 that got me on. Oh, 2020 oh, slang. Yep, yep. Oh, he's a honker. Oh, you should see Mike. You should see Croc. He's a chunky boy. Oh, just. <laughs> that's cute. I bet they get along. Uh, Gator really likes cats, too. So he'd probably like him. You'd probably fly him around if you wanted. <laughs> oh, we should set up a play date. Mm-hmm. Um, what what color of cat is Croc? What color of cat? Yeah, because that's how you categorize cats. Who cares about the breeds? What color is it? Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, he is he is white and uh, sorry, not sorry. Actually, I haven't decided if it's a boy cat or a girl cat. Um, I've only ever had a girl cat. Um, Croc is a is yeah. a gender neutral name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's a boy cat. Let's say it's a boy cat. Um, yeah, he's um, he's white and orange and black, just different calico. Spots. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's a really rare calico. Yeah, male calicos are extremely rare. It's like one in ten thousand. That's so cool. He must be a very special cat. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> Oh, Gator too. <laughs> I'm glad you have some some animal keeping you company. Do you friend? Did you make good friends at your place? Your at Plymouth? Yeah, 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 Plymouth? yeah, yeah. I I uh, I made lots of friends, but uh, you know, I, yeah, I I made loads and loads of fr- friends, and I'm even on the Zoom broom team. Broom Zoom team. Um, Me too. Yeah. What what position you play? I'm searcher. What about you? I'm a pursuer. Oh, that makes sense for you. You'd be good at that. Yeah, you'd be a great uh, searcher. I'm okay. I lost my first game, though, against my best friend. And my professor, who um, I, who I love so much, I was his first ever normborn as that he, like, brought into the school because he's new or he's young. 
I guess. I don't know. He seems old to me, but I guess he's young. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, like, my oh, age, my literal age. Professor Jameson um, clutches his chest. Yeah. Children think ever. Children think everyone. He's like old. twenty-eight. Yeah. Um, anyway. So uh, yeah, and he made a bet with my friend's dad, who's also our professor, and. And I lost, and he had to lose the bet. And, like, I know he's got a lot less money than my friend and her dad. And I felt so bad about it. Like, I don't know if I'm actually that good. Maybe I just got lucky and did, tried. Did, did you get back on your broom after you lost? I mean, yeah, we had have, we have practiced the rest of the semester. We haven't played another game yet. but And you're still trying? I guess. Well then, you sound great. Well then, well then, you sound great to me. As long as now, now it's Luis's turn to blush. (laughs) Why couldn't I just stayed here? Well, then I wouldn't have met my friends. Kenny, I'm so happy we can at least talk about this stuff now. I hated hiding it from you. Yeah, I hated hiding it from you. Are you kidding? I thought you. I thought you were just ignoring me all this time. (laughs) I well, you know, I didn't know magic existed, so. I guess I was, but I'm glad. I guess I'm glad I'm not because now I can know things about you that I wouldn't have been able to know if I was a normie. Yeah, now we can talk and let each other into our lives. I have so much to tell you. I have so much to tell you, Louisa. What's gonna say? Louisa, so scary. Yeah, you you already you already you already forgot. Louisa and I went. Oh God. You already already just forgot what he was gonna say. Um, Oh my God. Louisa, it's not the first time a boy's been like Louisa. Are we we still on the bus? Are we still on the the yeah? uh, The the streetcar is is coming soon to a halt. Yeah, we're getting close. All right, Louisa. I just I just want to say I don't want I don't want you to go into the spirit world by yourself. I don't want you to be taken from us before it's your time. I'm 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 real worried about you. I don't want to lose you. I don't think you need to be worried. Harley, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm gonna say some stuff that I'm just yep. assuming. Um but Yeah, but I, Kenny's dumb. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. But um, um I don't I don't think we need to be worried about that. They never seemed like mean or scary. I didn't. I didn't feel threatened by them at all. I just wanted to know more about them, and I wanted to reach out to them, but I kept waking up. I mean, don't get me wrong; it freaks me out a little bit that apparently I have four spirits with me. But I, I don't think they mean me harm. At least not right now. All right, but I can't help but worry about you all the way over there. Promise you'll write to me. Oh, every week. Every day if you want. I mean that'd probably be a bit much, but I I think I mean I mean I I would love it if you wrote to me every week, every day, but uh that's a lot that's a lot. That's a lot to put on you. I respect your time. Um I I just uh, once a week would be really great. Or what or when or whenever you have time. I always have time for you, Kenny. Louisa, you remember when we were kids and we would play house? Of course. We used to do that all the time. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I've thought about that a lot 
over the years, over the past year that you've been gone. And uh, and I, I, I'd really like to grow up and 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 be that be that sort of man for you. And I, and and I, I know, I know, I know. We're we're kids, and and you and you you you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing at at Flemeth. You're doing your thing at Hogweed. And and I just want you to know that I that I'm here in America, waiting for you. Well, Canny, I feel like she, she's probably like a little choked up in the back of her throat, little frog in her throat. Um, well, Kenny, I'm. Thanks for being open with me, and I'm, I'll come back as soon as I can. I I can't wait. Me neither. And as soon as the bus comes to a stop, I think um, an enthusiastic like hug, and then Kenny like runs home. Oh, um, unless you had more planned, but like no, Ro- Rosaline is is just sitting there and she's just kind of like staring ahead, like pretending not to hear this. But from the <laughs> smile on her face, she's very much hearing this and is like, oh, yeah. You guys get off the streetcar, um, and uh, your your aunt Rosaline walks you to the front door, um, and uh, she says, no. Now that I know, now that you know about me, and I know for certain about you, and um, there seems to be some kind of situation going on, thanks to the chaos of the UK sorcery government, as usual, um, feel free to owl me at any time if you have any questions or need advice or or you need help out of a situation or just need someone to be your pillar for once. I'm pretty sure I will absolutely be doing that. Maybe often. There's again, there's only so much I can talk about. Also, if you can like not be like, hey, the UK is messed up again. <laughs> Just you know, it's very uh, sensitive information. I guess. I understand. Um, I will be sure to. To leave my colleagues out of that, who uh, who knows what what they're all involved in. I I like a lot of the professors, but but I wouldn't necessarily uh, tell them all my secrets, if you know what I mean. I've learned that adults aren't necessarily to be trusted, and you never know what's going on behind people's eyes. Most people look out for themselves. Sometimes that's in your best interest as well. There are a few special people who are always looking out for everyone else. And if you find out who those people are, you keep them close. Yeah, I found out that people look out for themselves. That's weird, isn't it? It seems weird. It should be weird, but it's it's more common than you think. Um, but you know what? I, I know that you have a great judge of character. And I know that you have great intuition you should trust it and you should be careful (laughs) sure as heck gonna try (laughs) all right well i love you lou i love you and i'm I'm glad to know i can trust you always we're family yeah um so she gives you a hug a kiss on the cheek and a ruffle through your buns no that doesn't sound right <laughs> <laughs> um she gives you a hug don't a kiss touch on your the hair cheek. 
Um, and, and, you know, an affectionate, uh, an affectionate pat on the head. Um, and, and she turns and leaves you uh, at your house, walking off in the direction of the magic streetcar um, that appears at the corner of your block. You go inside just as your Aunt Odessa and your mom are plating up the uh, the jambalaya, the recipe of which has been passed down for generations through your family. You enjoy a relaxing meal with your family, fully embracing the energy um, of New Orleans and letting it energize you. Um, and, and as the night falls, uh, you might look out the window and see that in, in Kenny's backyard, his dad is uh, setting up uh, discreetly some, some magical barriers, uh, prepping for uh, a nice flight. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go over to my mom and say, Mama, is it okay if I go over to Kenny's? For a bit. Well, sure, hon. Just uh, just don't stay over there too late. Um, you know. Yeah. Okay. Just, I, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. Just don't stay over there too late. Can I? Can I go over and pick her up? Can I like go over and knock on the door? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's just as as you say it, there is a knock on your front door. Oh, that's probably him. <laughs> and uh, I'll go over and answer it. And of course, Kenny is waiting there politely. Hi, Louisa. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Mrs. Wanna... O'Brien. <laughs> Hi, Kenny. My mom said I could uh, come over and play if you still want. I would be delighted. And I bow like that cute little little boy, extra as extra as possible, just like long arm out bowing. Yeah. And then if Louisa gives like a like funny curtsy back, like well, like a little giggle and a, a curtsy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute. Um, yeah, so you you head on over, um, and uh, Kenny's dad has uh, has his old broom there. Um, it, it's one of the older models, um, and it's designed. Um, kind of hilariously. So mu- much of the the brooms nowadays have this really cool aesthetic with like the sleek handle and the the aerodynamic twigs and all of that. Um, there was a phase back when uh, back when your dad was a kid, Kenny, um, in where they tried to make them look as like modern and normy as possible for fun because it was just like interesting and unique. And it's yeah. like one of those, it has like a white handle that's kind of faded now. And then like, it's a bar of like a, a bluish green, like a really bright bluish green. And then like the bristles coming out, like a normal sweeper that you might find. Um, and, and so it just looks very much different from any of the other brooms. Um, and he says, you know, I've taken good care of this one. It uh, it still runs pretty good if uh, you want to borrow it. Um, I, I have my broom, right? Like my personal broom? Yeah, you, you brought your broom with you. Louisa, do you just want to ride on the back of my broom with me? Sure, Kenny. Sure. I, I, I mean, I, I, I respect your autonomy. If you want to ride your own broom, that's totally fine. Oh, well, I mean, I, uh, no, it's, I trust you. Oh it, it's okay, it's okay, Dad. Uh, I, we're, we're going to use my broom. And... Uh, all right, that uh, that sounds good. Um, have fun. Be careful, kids. Don't go too high, um, and stay within the perimeter. I promise, we will. We um, will. What is what's the name of your uh, your broom again? Um, I'm looking for it. You sent it to me. You told me what it was. 
It's a Sonic Boom 7th edition. The Sonic Boom 7th edition, right. So this is the latest in the Sonic Boom line. Um, so it's it's pretty good. And then I gave you some pluses to that, I think. Yes, you did. You write that plus down two to speed, before. plus two to speed, plus one to maneuvering. Wow, it is it's better than mine. Um, it's, this it's is this is like... all Kenny has going for him, so let him have it. <laughs> it's fair. So it's I essentially got, like, like um, it's it's like an equivalent. It's like the same quality as Ren's broom. It just has different uh, features, just different different things that it helps. Um, because she has like a bonus to, to balance and speed. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you guys, uh, you guys climb on board, um, and I'm assuming you guys are just doing some some cute maneuvers. I don't know. Loop it's a shape. Circles, squares. So I forgot the word for circles. Apparently, uh, they're yeah. shapes, so that's good. <laughs> Yeah, doing uh, doing some cute circles around the yard, experimenting with speed and, and maneuvering and all that. Uh, can both the uh, can Marta roll me a d8 and Yordi roll me um, an athletics, an acrobatic, and then just a d8. An athletics, an acrobatics, and then a d8. Yeah. Okay. Also, okay. I definitely want to drive the broom at some. Point. I Kenny Kenny will offer it. Don't worry, he is a gentleman. I got a four on my D8. Where's my athletics? Okay, I have expertise in athletics. So that is... Also, it's the same type of broom. Like, mine also has speed and maneuver, but it's just plus one to each. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm comfortable on it and impressed. Like, this is a nice broom. So non-nat 20 for athletics. And then acrobatics? Yes. Hey, Harley. Hey. What? Guess what that is. I hope it's a nat one. No, it's a nat 20! <laughs> Kenny rolled a nat 20! <laughs> Kenny! Kenny! Killing it, Kenny. And then a d8? Yeah. Uh, two. Okay, so uh, you guys, uh, you guys are zooming about here, um, doing some really impressive maneuvers. They're like barrel rolls, flips, and deep dives. You know, getting high, all that kind of stuff. Um, I will say, uh, Louisa, you're doing pretty good holding on. Uh, Kenny, you're not used to having another person on there. So at the end of some of the more uh, bigger maneuvers you find yourself slipping a little bit but you manage to to stay on and correct yourself you also might oh be God. a little bit nervous which which might not help um, yeah her hands are on my waist like that's contact <laughs> you hold my hand all the time <laughs> yeah yeah but not like this Oh my god, so cute. Um, yeah, so you guys uh you you guys are doing some fantastic things. Um and it feels it feels awesome. This broom is smooth. It like it, it with just the lightest lean it responds. Um fantastic for turns and, and sharp movements. Um and and to have a broom do that with with such great speed is just Oh, fantastic. Um, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Fantastic. 
Um, yeah, so you, you guys do that for a bit, and uh, you, you come you come to a land, a yeah. nice, solid footing. Yeah, when we come to a land, I offer, um, hey, Louisa, you want to drive my broom? Yeah, you get on back. I'll, I'll be the driver this time. Uh, all right, and, uh, and, and Kenny, Kenny, like, has, he gets on back, and he has, like, the ordeal of, like, where do I put my hands? Uh, uh, sh- should I put my hands on her shoulders respectfully? Um, um, should I, should I, and, like, timidly goes for, like, goes to put his, his arms, like, around your waist? Yeah, like, once she feels, that, like, if he's being timid, she'll just, like, you, you gotta hold on, Kenny, I don't want you to fall off. Yeah, uh, 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 all right. So, okay, so we're gonna do we're gonna do some more rolls. So Kenny, roll me that D eight, and then Marta um, or Louisa, um, give me an athletics, an acrobatics, and a D eight. That is an eight. Look at you, so steady. Okay, uh, athletics is in eighteen. Mm-hmm. Acrobatics. Can oh, that's I, also I... good. Okay, I was gonna say, can I give her the help action, like, uh, in- encouragingly? You're doing great. Oh my god, you're such a good flyer. Just like confidence boost. Yeah, but boost rolled... that ego. Go ahead. You can reroll one of the three if one isn't up to your satisfaction. No wonder you're such a good searcher. Um, I rolled two seventeen, so I got an eighteen athletics and a nineteen acrobatics, and then nice. the D eight. I guess I'll give you two options. On I got a two and an eight nice okay so uh louisa uh kicks off um with with quite great speed and and also demonstrates uh, an excellence in maneuvering like you said uh your broom also kind of uh focuses on the speed and maneuvering aspects so it's quite familiar um, you both are feeling solid right now. It's very comfortable. Um, you're not nervous that you're gonna slip at all. Like you don't have any moments of like, oop, gotta readjust. You are solidly on this broom. Um, we continue doing these these rolls and dives, um, just showing off and and showing off those excellent searcher moves. Um, and and you both prove to be quite fantastic flyers. Um, and it's it's quite apparent how you both got onto you your respective broom zoom teams. To make a good team. Yeah, uh, I can't. I can't wait to play with you sometime. <laughs> Me too. I just. I can't wait to start winning games. Maybe I'll even beat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Kenny. I'm what? Kidding, I'm just saying. But... I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just a pursuer. You're the big. You're the big bad searcher. <laughs> Not that big and bad. All I do is look for a tiny, shiny ball and usually I can't find it and then when I do it moves somewhere else it's a lot <laughs> oh oh you're you're gonna get it Louisa I believe in you watch Hopefully someday <laughs> watch you're gonna win your next game and if you ever I feel like so. and if you ever feel like you can't find it or or you're having trouble up there in the air just remember that I believe in you <laughs> you know Kenny a lot of the time when I'm feeling down, I do thank you and it, it helps. So thanks. Thanks for helping me. Kenny blushes and respectfully, like, well, you're driving now. We land. Did we land? I feel like we probably landed. We landed. At this point. We're just talking tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, Kenny will walk 
Luisa to her door, obviously. Um, based on this conversation, uh, Louisa, you have been granted one point of Kenny inspiration. Um, so the next game uh, that you play, uh, if you want to re-roll one roll, um, when you, you think of Kenny um, and, and you, you get an extra boost. That's awesome. Kenny. Making a note. Yeah, so you guys, you land, uh, you head back over to uh, Aunt Odessa's house. Um, she has a little porch swing at the front. It's nice and lit. Um, you don't quite have to be home yet, but uh, you know, you're more than welcome to part ways if, if you feel that's what you like to do. Um, I feel like I'd probably want to like stop in one more time and say like hi to Kenny's parents. Mm-hmm. Just like a little like it was so good to see you. Mm-hmm. You know, give them hugs and stuff. Yeah, uh, Kenny's mom gives you a good squeeze and a kiss on the cheek, and it was so lovely to see you again, darling. Um, and then uh, Kenny's Kenny's dad gives you a nice pat and says, that was excellent flying out there, Lou. Thanks. I, I don't know if Kenny told you, but I'm on my broom zoom team. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I, and I used to play broom zoom back when I was, uh, when I was Kenny's age. Um, and, and Kenny, you know, you've heard this all too many times, you know, he Mm -hmm. was, he was an attacker and he was strong Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Dad wanted me to be an attacker, but, uh, I really, I really admire Jenny Porter and I just wanted to be a pursuer. (laughs) I'm going to tell her that. (laughs) Please do. Please do. I'd love to, I'd love to meet her. (laughs) Okay. I'll definitely try. Hey, do you, is your guys house on the Floof network? by any chance like could i come visit sometime if you know i don't know if i got some floof powder i don't know how i'd get it louisa like, louisa louisa you can come visit anytime anytime you want and then kenny looks right mom of course big old can, big though. old puppy dog eyes yeah <laughs> he she she can't say no to her baby boy um she's like of course you can Lou. you're always welcome here all right well definitely right before i come but uh, i don't want to go so long without seeing y'all again well I, I i have a feeling it won't be too long before we see each other again louisa i, I surely hope so well you want to walk me home and ah ah he says proudly hands on hips i would be delighted <laughs> oh um <laughs> It's it's quite a short walk as the house is just <laughs> next door, <laughs> but it's a very sweet one regardless. But like, but like we we walk slow. We like che- we like we like cherish these mo- this short walk. Yeah, slow motion steps. Oh my! Kicking heart. our feet the whole way, kicking <laughs> rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You make it back all the way up to the front porch. Kenny's like thinking, okay, okay, this is this is it. This is the moment. We're here. We had a beautiful evening. I walked her to her door. Everything's going great. Do it. Just do it. Go for it. And he gives her a hug. Oh, my heart. All right. I feel like Louisa, like, squeezes him really tight and then gives him a quick kiss on the cheek and then says I'll, I'll see you soon kenny and like runs inside and slams the door probably a little too hard <laughs> kenny, kenny kenny is red he is a cherry 
red. Like, oh. woo! He's hot. It's hot. It's hot now. <laughs> It's 50 so degrees, but it's hot. <laughs> but it's it's boiling to Kenny. Um, the slam of the door does indeed alert your family in the living room, who all turn to look at you, you know, with, like, raised eyebrows of, that was a dramatic entrance. Um, and then you hear your mama say, you are spending too much time with your Aunt Rosaline. <laughs> what? No, I'm not. Mom, can we go talk? <laughs> Of course, baby. Come on. Um, and she, she leads you to the, the office slash guest bedroom. And surprisingly, Louisa does not want to talk about the Kenny thing. as That made her very happy. But, um, Mom, did you know Rosaline is also like me? Sassy? No. Try again. <laughs> like, she, she, thinks- she does like a wand motion. Like, she pretends to, like, wave her wand around. She works for Disney? <laughs> she, uh, she, she, like, squints for a second. She goes, oh, she's one of those. And, and she, like, hesitates on the word. And she goes, your father calls them sparkly people? Yes. She is also oh. a sparkly person. I had, I had no idea. She is Kenny's teacher. Kenny's professor. She's a teacher? Yes, and also Kenny! Kenny is a sparkly person. It's oh, Kenny is a sparkly, sparkly person? His whole family are sparkly people. Oh my word, I had absolutely no idea at all. Me neither. Isn't that crazy? I'm surrounded by sparkly people. <laughs> Me too, apparently. Gosh, I wonder I wonder how that happened. How how there are two in one family. I guess, well, she thinks that maybe somewhere way back in our ancestors, a sparkly person married a a normal person, and that it it only uh, comes out in some people, like her and me. Wow. And also, I need to tell you, we went went to um, a sparkling, sparkly alley with many sparkly shops and I got some really cool things but also some I got like a fortune reading I got was it tarot card reading tarot is that cards, what, yeah is what she called it okay because mm-hmm. I would have said exactly whatever she said um I got a tarot card reading and there I guess I should introduce you to and she kind of like looks around <laughs> her head that I guess I have four spirits who are keeping watch over me and they don't uh, they don't seem mean or scary at all but they're here with me and she said i'm important and she kept saying to trust my intuition and big things are happening and i wanted you to know mama oh baby um she pulls you in for a hug um just a warm comforting just rubbing the back of your head kind of a hug and she says Thank you for telling me. I it it makes me happy to know that that you can trust me and and you're comfortable with me. Of course. You're my everything, mama. You're mine too. Um she she gives you a kiss on the forehead and then she kind of like vaguely looks around you and she says, "Well, hello you four. I hope you're looking out for my baby girl." I I think they are. I'll let you know if that changes. <laughs> Oh, absolutely do, because I will have no hesitation in whooping some spirit butt. I'm going to guess they know that. They could probably tell just by looking at you. (laughs) Um, 
she uh she she pulls you in for another hug and she says well i'm i'm glad it sounds like you had a nice day with uh with your aunt rosaline and, and kenny mama i have one more question and it's my it's kind of a hard question and i don't want you to feel weird or bad about it at all but um do you know if i've seen anyone die um she raises her eyebrows and she goes seen anyone die like in front of yourself or like in movies because you probably have seen one in movies no like a real person in front of my eyes die because there's this special thing at sparkly school a, a really beautiful animal and you can only see them if you've seen people die or someone die and i could see them and i i don't know why and no one knows why Hmm. And I don't remember anything. No, I mean, I, I don't think you've seen anyone die. I mean, of course, there's, you know, there was my great aunt Cheryl, but but you weren't there when she died. And, and you know, there, there, there have been family members and people we know who've died, but we've never seen them die. All right. Well, I figured, but I just had to ask. Um, Auntie Roz said um, she's going to check in on it and see if she can find information maybe there's a different reason for why i can see them though we we haven't heard anything about that and we don't know anything about that but she says she might know someone who does so Hmm. if i find out i'll I'll keep you informed but i just thought you should know it's kind of a a big thing i appreciate it it's definitely definitely sounds like something strange is happening then yeah, I don't know what's going on with me. I thought I was just fine, but apparently there's a whole bunch of things going on. So I'm going to try and be aware of it and figure it out. I'm proud of you, honey. Also, Kenny said he wants to he wants to play house, but like when we're adults. He said he, he's waiting for me here. Oh, and that yeah well honey i'm not entirely sure what that means but it sounds nice i i thought it sounded nice too i I miss him a lot when i'm gone well now that you're both sparkly people you can you can send gator back and forth with some letters and and talk to him a bit now now i won't have to forward it Um, i know i'm so excited about it seems like things are working out so are is there a sparkly people place here yeah there is i i hope next time aunt Roz will will take all of us i think i really like for you guys to see it well it sounds sounds quite interesting but i but absolutely am interested don't get excited about the joke shop it's oh. it's it's not good i'll have to take you to the one by me <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I'm thinking of ratting Greg and seeing if he'll let them carry his products or something because it's kind of sad to have a joke shop and we walked in and there was this teenager. I think she was a teenager. She looked not super old and she was wearing clown makeup and she looked so sad, Mama. You wouldn't believe it. It was kind of depressing. Oh, there's nothing scarier than a sad clown. Yeah, in a joke shop of all places. Oh, the irony. Uh, but yeah, that sounds that sounds like a great idea. Very kind of you, and 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 hopefully Greg will be able to to help him out. 
Yeah. I feel like she just gives her mom one more hug and then, like, heads towards the door. Yeah. Um, she squeezes you and, and pats you along, says, all right, to bed now. It's, it's getting late. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, you head upstairs. Um, Maggie's already asleep. It's past her bedtime, and she's never been one who's been really good at staying up past past bedtime. She likes her sleep. Um, and, and as you curl up in your so cot... So does Louisa. But, sorry. You know <laughs> sorry what? That's a mood. But she does. Um, so as as you curl up in your cot and you, and you fall into a deep sleep, um, that night you dream again of the four figures and the moon and the water. This time, the twins stand before you. The girl in white uh, gives you a shy smile. The boy, on the other hand, shows you a toothy yet friendly grin. Um, holding on to each other's hand, they simultaneously reach out their other hands to you and offer. And for the first time in this dream, you feel you have free will of your own and a choice to make. Do you take their hands? Absolutely. And that's where we end our session. Uh, hey, it's Ren. Thank you for listening. It means so much to us. If you like what you hear and want to hear more from us, check out our Patreon. We really depend on your support, and the more support we get, the more fun content we can create for you. Go to patreon.com forward slash themodifivers and join the team. That's patreon.com forward slash T-H-E-M-O-D-I-5-E-R-S. Patrons get access to all sorts of magical stuff like a certain quiz, early release episodes, and loads of behind-the-scenes bonus content, as well as some deleted scenes. You get VIP access to all sorts of crazy goings-on from the Sorcery Sisters and the Modifivers alike. Don't worry if you can't commit to a monthly donation. You can also support us by leaving a small one-time donation on Ko-fi, and that's ko-fi.com forward slash the Modifivers. You can also follow at Pod on a variety of social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We post updates, art, and most importantly, memes, frequently, so be sure to check us out. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you have any thoughts on the last Broomzoom game, I took some notes and I really think... Another time? Okay, sorry. Speaking of thoughts, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to Ensorcelled. Drop a name in your review and we'll give you a shout-out at the end of the next episode. I'm happy to say hi, and I know Louisa, Celeste, and Imogen would be delighted as well. <laughs> you can also ask an NPC, or the God of Fiverr herself. The past six months have been absolutely wonderful. And it's been so cool to see how much our family has grown in such a short time. <laughs> Please keep sharing, leave some reviews and comments, and take care of yourself. Also, honestly, if anyone wants to play some brooms in with Louisa and I, I would love to make a plan because I think Celeste is tired of me asking about a two-on-two -two and Imogen is usually distracted by the moss that grows on the pitch, so... Oh, okay, I'll leave it for next time. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, thanks again for listening!